You're listening to New Dog Music. Hello and welcome to a new dog magazine audio situation. This is a new situation. Yeah. It's what a situation it is. <laughs> we are live at the Forward Club. Our uh, first time in front of a in front of an audience actually that actually is listening to what we say, not just coming up while we're talking and asking us what we're doing. <laughs> at the which at happens the, at the illustrious Midtown Pub, which so. happens far more often than you'd think. Yes, yeah. you you wouldn't think so, but. We just happened to pick uh, spaghetti night at Tuesday, Tuesday night of spaghetti night at Midtown Pub. Right, so. and that's when that's when everyone shows up. Yes, so. spaghetti night is a very popular night out there in Middleton. Um, so why why are these three jamokes sitting uh, doing a podcast before the USA game? We are New Dogma Zine. We do a, we run actually a fan zine, so it's an actual print magazine. Um, We've got copies here for sale. Special Black Friday sale, $10 per issue. 72 full-color pages. Uh, it's got artwork, uh, photography, um, halfway decent writing. Um, Do you think some of those stickers could be included oh, in, the, yeah. in that $10? Yeah, actually, if you want stickers at all today, we've got a whole bunch up here. We're feeling the, the holiday mood uh, pretty heavy today, so swing on through here and grab some stickers. Uh, so yeah, we're going to be selling the magazine today. Um, we do a live show, uh, actually we record every Tuesday night at Mid- Midtown Pub in Middleton, Wisconsin, uh, from 6 to 7.30. So if you're ever in the ne- that neck of the woods, come out and join us, heckle us, uh, be like Steve Shaw and sit across the table and just talk mad shit to us. As he's yeah, giving us the finger right yeah, now. Yeah, he's halfway <laughs> across the room and still throwing shade. We love you, Steve. Um, <laughs> so, it's the day after Thanksgiving. It's Black Friday. How was you guys' Thanksgivings? Uh, mine was very low-key. Uh, Mom and Dad are in Louisiana for Thanksgiving, so was just hanging out at the house. Um, made a homemade deep-dish pizza, Ooh. which was fantastic. Was It was really fantastic. Was this like a normal pizza? It wasn't like a Thanksgiving pizza? Um, I didn't like put turkey or anything on it. I mean, it was like... I you think didn't have like a cranberry sauce? No. Like sauce on You know, it. like use that as the base? No. Yeah. No, we used... It was like a regular pizza. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. But it was, you know, pepperoni and banana peppers and olives and it was very tasty. And then I got points with you. That is true. Very yes. easy. Very easy sense. Solid. Yeah. What'd you get up to, Mitch? Uh... Tuesday night, I went down, uh, visited some of my mom's side of the family uh, down in the Quad Cities, right on the uh, Iowa-Illinois border. Uh, my parents, they live in Tennessee, uh, so it's difficult for them to come up. And also, they decided last minute that they were going to be taking a cruise during Thanksgiving. So while yeah. while I'm <laughs> hanging while I'm hanging too. while I'm hanging out in uh, in uh, you know freezing weather, my parents messaged me on Facebook, me and my sister. Yeah, we're in Curacao right now. It's 80 degrees. Love you guys. So they're just out there Thanks, living. Mom. They're out there living their best life. They are living their best life, truly. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, uh, you know, good for them, really. Um, but it was nice for me to see uh, some of my family. Uh, you know, my my aunt and uncle. They let me stay with them for a couple days. I came okay. back last night so that I could be here this morning for uh, for this illustrious audio situation. Audio situation here at the Forward Club. Yeah, we just want to thank. Uh, you know. 
not it's not everyone that gets to be a fan of a, a local club, but also to get invited out to uh, talk and say a bunch of stupid, nonsensical things with oh, a whole room sure. full of people. Right. So thank you again right. to Forward Madison for having us out today. It's, uh, a good, it's a good crowd here too. Yeah. Very good crowd here. Yeah, it's about it's, halfway full already, and we're only at. A, I think that's why we're doing we're, this when we're doing it now. Yeah, because it, it's going to get busier in here as we get close to game time. Right, we're still, we're still. How far are we from game time? About it's two hours. Two hours. We're yeah, two hours yeah. from game time. So. Yeah. Speaking of games, uh, this is a good one so far. Uh, Ecuador is, is down one nil to Holland. Um, no. Oh no, you're right. Yep. They had a Ecuador had a goal disallowed right before halftime. Here's uh, that Memphis is now entering the game for the Netherlands as well. Memphis Depay. So. Interesting. What did you guys make of uh, the the most recent games? There was a uh, there there have been some surprises so far. Um, yes. We talked about this on Tuesday night. We talked about the you know uh, in my mind. Japan beating Germany. I mean, Keith Tiemeyer was on the on the show a couple of Tuesdays ago, and he said that Japan was his dark horse for this tournament. After seeing that showing against Germany, what do, what do you guys make of that? Well, I mean, I think he's exactly right. Um, he had mentioned that they had been in the country longer than any other team, um, kind of getting used to the conditions and kind of working as a unit. Um, so I think... Having you know, having that gave them the advantage. Um, but I mean, we got to take some time and talk about their goalkeeper. Oh yeah, their goalkeeper was absolutely standing on his head the entire game. Shuichi Gonda is the guy's name. Um, and from what you told me, he is a J2 league keeper. So he's yeah. in the second division in Japan, not the first division, the second division, making. Top worldy saves against uh, Daimanshaft. Well, yeah, so get, getting getting a little specific with that. Yes, Shuichi Gonda, uh, his team S Pulse um, were relegated. They finished second to last in the J League last season, um, which is unfortunate. But it seems like S Pulse's main issue is not scoring goals. Right. Where have we seen that before? Huh. Uh. <laughs> I mean, look. I know nothing. I don't, think, I don't think I've. I don't think I've ever watched a soccer team. Uh, a soccer team that couldn't score goals. That just. They, they all do it. They have to do it, right? They right. Isn't that to. the game? Right. That is the game. So it is the game. Mitch, oh, that's incisive commentary yet again. Right. Yep. From our stats guy. Right. Bringing the stats. I'm here with the stats. <laughs> the rules of the game, how the game is played, all of the above. Exactly. This is what Mitch brings to the table. That's why Some, he's here. Someone's that, got to do it. That and donuts. And he brought donuts. Greenbush. Greenbush donuts. So, yes. Exceptional. So, you know, one of the interesting things, and I think as Forward Madison fans, we, we hear this a lot from people, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily like the term Euro snob because I don't necessarily think that European soccer is always the, the absolute top tier. Right. Um, but it's interesting that we have a second division keeper who, by the way, had eight incredible saves against uh, against a very, very good German team. Yep. Um, what Do you think that that speaks at all? Do either of you think that 
you know, maybe this is worth having a, a discussion about. Like, you don't need to be a first division player to have a good showing at an international tournament. Well, I, I think this is something that we've talked about before, where we've said that even here in the United States, that the difference in talent between MLS Championship, USL, and it's fractional. Mm-hmm. It's very fractional. And so I think what you're seeing is you're seeing a, you know, a player uh, for Japan who was able you know, to close that distance as well fairly quickly. Yeah. You know? And so, um, of course, the question will be, is that, was that a fluke performance? And his performances from here on will kind of tell the tale. But um, I think from what we've said before on our broadcast is that the level of talent is becoming very fractional. Yes. So. Right. And I. Ooh, Ecuador just found the back of the net. Enter Valencia. Enter Valencia. Speaking Again, of speaking of, he is a bad man. He is a bad man. He has a, overall for this tournament so far a nine point one eight rating on FOTMOB. This is his third goal. Yes. It's the the it's his second. I want to say. Is his second goal? Did he score twice for? He did, I think he did score twice. Yes, he yeah. did. So he this did. is his so third goal, which would put him. He had a PK too. So I think he's going to be the leader for the Golden Boot right now. Yep, he's got three goals in the tournament, so that is talented a, player. Yes, absolutely, very talented player. Um, yeah, nine point one eight playing for Ecuador. That's his overall rating so far, at least going to into be this fair, game. To be fair, he did play Cutter in their first match. That is true. So. But he, I mean. You know, he's still scoring against the Netherlands. Yeah, we'll right? see on the replay so. here. Right. I guess one of my... Here we go. Let's see what, he, let's see what happens here. Okay. Goalie with a bad ball. Back in. <laughs> I love how we're re- replaying this for a delayed podcast that will go out he's sometime tomorrow. He's on side. That's a, that's a score. So, I have a question for you guys. Sure. So the Saudi Arabia game we said the other night was probably our biggest yeah. surprise of the, of the World Cup That might Cup be one so of the far. biggest upsets in World Cup history. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would you, how would you rate uh, Iran beating Wales 2-0 this morning compared to that? Um, not as highly because Iran actually, you know, has a – they have a fairly decent squad. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people kind of going into this game knew that – um, that matchup of United States versus Iran was going to be a huge game. And so seeing what Iran did today, um, I wasn't that surprised. It's a great result for the United States. Um, it's huge kind of, for the U.S. It's huge for the U.S., um, what happened this morning. This kind of puts the U.S., and we'll get into it in a little bit here, in a situation where today's game does not become um, a, as important. draw right. at, at minimum. Like, right. like we can lose Any result in this get game. Right, puts us in a really good shape. Going if into we if we win though, if the U.S. wins, the U.S. is in the driver's seat for the group though. Yes, to win sure. the group, absolutely, absolutely. So, fantastic result this morning. Um, if you're a U.S. fan, um, um, for me personally, um, if if it's a one to ten scale where one is completely expected and ten is Saudi Arabia over Argentina, I'd probably put it around a seven. Yeah. Um, like. I didn't expect the result. I'm not completely surprised. Sure. Um, I mean, this group I think was wide open. You know, I think, I think that any team, I, I think, 
I think the U.S. and Wales could have been anywhere from first to fourth. I wouldn't be surprised. I think right. England could be anywhere from first to third, and I think Iran could be anywhere from second to fourth. I think for I think that any of those any team could get out. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be completely surprised. And I think to what to Mitch's point, what he's saying is, I said this, you know, when we were talking about the tournament beforehand. Um, Wales goes where Gareth Bale goes. True. And Gareth Bale has not been fully healthy for a while now. And so and you're seeing with the difficulty that Wales is having in scoring. I mean, they've scored one goal in two games, and that came off of a, 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 a pe- off of a pen, yeah. which was a ridiculous pen, you know, uh, you know, from Walker Zimmerman. But um, so Wales is struggling right now. I think I think the real reason that people are surprised by this is because of how Iran showed out in their first game against England, where they right. just got blown out. Right. You know, I think I think yeah, six two. I think if that game was two two one or three one instead, yeah. I think that people would be yep. a lot less surprised. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I mean, and, and I think that that begs the question too. So, was that game an anomaly, or is England really that good? I don't think England's really that good. I would agree um, with you. But it's hard to say, right? Because it's just there's so much at play in this group, like outside of just the soccer, you know, the soccer on the field, because there's a lot of emotions at play, you know, between England and Wales, between the U.S. and England, between the U.S. and Iran. Right. You know, there's so there's so much off the field. That, you know, these guys are thinking about, you know, like, and they might want to pretend, you know, that they're going to be preparing for each team the same, but I don't think, I don't think that's true from a mental perspective. I think you you saw a little bit in the U.S. game. Um, I think they got to a certain point and started looking ahead to this matchup a little bit. When they were up one nothing, and they were like, "Okay, having right. three points going into that England game, you 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 can't you, you can't do because that." Because I think ever since that, this game has been announced, they've had this circled on the calendar. Yeah. So there's a, I think there's only one team. When when you're in the World Cup, you can't look past any team. Right. Except maybe Cutter. Yeah. Maybe. Except Cutter. So how much how much do you guys think the off the field stuff affects these these international fixtures, especially once we reach a stage in the World Cup? I think it depends on the country. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're a country like Iran, playing the United States is a huge thing because they've been an international rival on the political stage for years. And so probably 30 years, you yeah. know, winning that game for, you know, playing the United States for Iran, that's a huge thing. Wales playing England's going to be a huge thing. Yeah. That's going to be a huge game for Wales. Um, does that give you the extra boost that you look for in this matchup? Does the United States have a little bit of a boost now? Right. And it's knowing that you're playing England, yeah, and it's hard it's because everyone everyone handles their emotions differently, and the emotions are going to be high. Right. Um, it's going to be a matter of can you channel your emotions in a productive way instead of making mental mistakes. Yeah. Right. Right. But I think looking, you know, even with this matchup today, that game against Iran was going to be um, it was going to be a hot matchup to begin with. I think even more so now because um, that, that, that temperature match, gets turned up even more. That match might decide who gets out of the group. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let, let's get into it, actually. Now that we're, we're, we've talked about the games that were, we've talked about some of the conflict. Uh, so I found out this last year that I, my, my great-grandfather, 10 times removed, 
is English. Okay. I've always thought I was like purely German. from Germany. Yes. Yeah, I mean, your name's Schmidt. Yeah. So you would think, yeah. So actually, I brought some of my grand. What? You're wearing very ancestral garb for you today. I am. I am. I'm wearing a Lebanese track suit, which was given to me by my Mediterranean brother, Zach Swazic. Um, my, uh, my family is from Lebanon, so I'm wearing a track suit from uh, their national team, which Zach even had personalized with my initials because he's my man. So thank you, Zach. So I'm wearing ancestral garb today. I mean, you know, we've got the chest hair with the chain and, you know, so, but, so you are now putting on your family's ancestral garb. Yes. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. A actually. red coat with a powdered wig. Yeah. Well, you know, did you know this, Grant, that on this day in eight, 1783, 1783, okay, the last British troops evacuated New York City. You don't say. Uh, Trivia for and everybody. And George wow. Washington rides into the center of New York City uh, with the Continental Army triumphant along with him. My question for you guys is, what if the British had never left? I mean... We'd be better as a soccer country. Look at, look at this fashion. Oh, man. I mean, that is high fashion. I mean, especially the long tails. It's a good look. If there's a look I wish they would come back, it's the long-tailed coat. I know. That's it's, it's dumb. That's dumb. I think that'd be a good look in the middle of the winter is just to have a nice long-tailed coat. Well, so I guess outside of the fashion, how do you guys think that we'd be better at soccer? You'd have to think so. I mean, because, the, you know, I think that, you know, the that would become would have become like the main sport you know <laughs> see i don't agree with that so um explain there, why mitch uh well number one americans always like to come up with their own stuff we'd still have baseball we still have basketball we still true. have american football that's true you know those things would still do well over here um and you might say, well, if the British were, you know, if it was all British, you know, it'd still, it'd still be a big thing. But, I mean, look at, for example, Aruba. Aruba is a Dutch colony um, down in the Caribbean. You would think that they would be better at soccer, but the main, sport, really on Aruda, the main sport on Aruba is baseball. Is baseball, yeah. And, you know, and, and, and the Netherlands are actually fairly good at baseball too. They're fairly good at baseball, but a lot of yeah. that is because of Aruba. Yeah. You know, like you, you yep. sometimes get you know like one or two players from the mainland for their for right. their world baseball classic teams or whatever. But most of their players are Aruban. Yeah. Serious chance there. Ecuador almost getting a go-ahead goal against the Netherlands here. So we've talked about my ancestral garb. Yeah, which uh, is amazing, by the way. The English's influence on America. Correct. Um, we're, our country fought a war for independence from them. We can, you know, we could talk about the reasons for that being dubious, but we brought in Ford Madison assistant coach, uh, NCAA soccer legend, Jim Launder. Champion. I, Dan, I'm wearing my ancestral garb. From Lancashire, England. It's 
It's an ancestral garb day, Dan. Lancashire. Dan's just mad that my hair is longer than his now. <laughs> that's fair. Me that's too. fair. I mean, that's the other side, Dan. Why does it seem like everyone here is Irish? Yeah. But Jim, how you doing? Great. How are you guys? Doing well. Doing well. You excited for the game today? I'm anticipating it very, very eagerly. Yeah. 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 So we've got some players to talk through real quick. Um, starting off, uh, we're just going to talk through some players to watch in today's game. Uh, First off, leading off, I've got uh, Bukayo Starboy Saka. Yeah. Starboy being his, his, uh, his nickname. Yeah. He's got a brace in the tournament so far. Yep. A 9.0 FOTMOB rating so far in the tournament out of 10. And an XG, an expected goals to goals ratio this league season in the Premier League of 4.6 to 4 with an 84% passing rating. For almost 400 passes. That's Mitch Osmond esque. Yeah. Yeah. He's been, I would say that um, Saka the last two years has been one of the top 10 players in the world. Um, has just continually performed both for club and country and it has continued to level his performance. Like every single challenge that he's been given, he seems to answer. And, um, you shudder to think how good this kid really could be because he's still what, twenty? Yep. Yeah. So, um, so being twenty years old and how good he is, he's going to be tough. Uh, a tough assignment for the United States. I don't know who's going to be following him around. I would think it's probably going to either be Dest or uh, Anthony Robinson would probably have uh, the assignment with him today. But he's going to be dangerous. Um, if we can if we can prevent him from getting loose in the back third, I think the United States has a chance. If he's running, running rampant back there, look out. The thing that's interesting about uh, Saka is he has gotten so much better as a defender. Yes, absolutely. Playing for Arsenal, that's right. been a huge change for him. So when you talk about if Robinson's out there, one of his things he loves to come flying forward. Can Saka deal with that? Correct. At the same time, get forward. You right. Know? Right. So that'd be a that'd be my one hope is that he, he thinks because he's with the national team and he doesn't have to defend like he does for Arteta. Because like what we've seen with with Saka so far is that when he's moving downhill, he's almost unstoppable. Yeah. Um, the way so preventing him from making those open runs to where he's just like flying at flying at guys, I think is going to be key for the United States in this yeah, match. Yeah, he's he's very good at. Like if the ball comes to him and he's got three defenders in front of him, he just shakes and bakes a little bit and then passes out. Right. But when they can make a switch and hit him where he's one-on-one, yep. good luck. Do you think a key is going to be putting a body on him in the midfield? Um, just kind of like I, to prevent I, those those runs from coming? I think having cover yeah. and then forcing him inside. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, you're forcing him to his stronger foot, but he, I, he can take you outside so easy that... E- either way, you got to have cover for him. I would yeah. agree. How about you, Mitch? I have nothing to say. I, I don't watch international football. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> totally okay. Let's move on to Tim Weah, who is 22, the son of former footballer, uh, now Liberian president, George Weah. George, his, his Tim's dad, played for Monaco, PSG, and AC Milan. 
1995 won FIFA World Player of the Year. Yeah. And was runner-up the year after that, but he never played in the World Cup, primarily because he played for Liberia. Right. Um, Tim plays at Lille, has played at PSG and Celtic, is one hell of a player for Lille. Um, what... One of the interesting things I found was a, a quote from DeAndre Yedlin about Tim Weah. He said, he's a nightmare for defenses. He gets in behind, takes you on one-on-one. And U.S. goalkeeper Sean Johnson said that the player on the team who has the best strike and can hit, hit the ball the best is Tim. Um, Tim. Which we saw. Tim also has a recording studio in his house in France and has been to Paris fra- Fashion Week. Seems like a, a very well-rounded individual. Pretty cool dude. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like. And um, as we saw on Tuesday, he kind of has that cool finish that we talked about. Um, that was a very nice strike, kind of coming free uh, on a run-up play and was able to kind of like chip the goalie a little bit to his left. Um, I've been a big Tim Way fan since he's, I think since he's been at Celtic. I think that's when I, because being a Celtic fan, that's when I kind of started this, you know, obviously being a fan of the national team. You pay attention to the guys playing overseas, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, But he really kind of stood out as a guy, and then you hear his pedigree. There's also a local connection with his cousin, uh, Jester, going to Memorial. Um, So, you know, um, I've been very impressed with what I've seen from from Tim, and, uh, but at the same time, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Because he's been one of the better performers for the U.S. national team the last few years. Okay. So, I'm I'm with you on that one. Yeah, he's looked good to me since he was a little kid. Yeah. I knew him as a little kid. Yeah. You know when he was playing, and he's. Did you know his dad at all? I, I've met him, but I don't really know him. To be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. But there's a lot of family in the Minneapolis area. Yeah. You know, like that's why he's got like strewn with cousins yeah. and nephews and whatnot up there. Right. So I've coached against a bunch of those guys and trained a few of them in in youth, you know, ODP stuff that they were in. Great, really good, cool family. You know. Yeah. And yeah. but uh, one, not surprised at all about his success surprised about his studio in his house yeah, yeah. That, that got me i didn't know about that yeah, yeah. he makes uh soul soul music yeah that's I, cool i don't know to me uh to me i'm not surprised by that because i feel like anyone with uh with any sort of money in france has a recording studio in their house <laughs> that's true <laughs> so that's pretty that's fairly true you know what's interesting about tim Weah too is that he has french citizenship through uh working there Correct. Through residency. Through PSG. Yeah. He, his mom is Jamaican. Yep. So uh, he's got Jamaican citizenship. His dad's Liberian. So he's he, he could have played for any of those three countries. Um, but he chose America because this is where he grew up primarily. Yep. I, uh, I can't believe the president of Liberia let him get away with that. I know. <laughs> he could be like leading Liberia to a World Cup. Yeah. I don't know. I don't see I don't see that. Just no. a just a lighthearted bit in there oh yeah um any other thoughts on tim Weah? i i think he's going to start today he will he should start today um i think that's you know uh playing him on the right wing has he's it's kind of been his his go-to position and you're seeing how dangerous he really is with being able to like make those cuts inside and so as we saw it on Tuesday, it was coming from the right wing, making a slice to the inside, and with a 
like uh, t- cl- uh, clinical finish. Yeah. So. He's our best option for getting behind England. Yeah. He is. He's got great combination of speed and power. Um, like Jim said, he's our he's our best chance. So. Speaking of England, uh, we'll we'll swing back over to England players. Uh, another player to watch in this tournament, in this game specifically, is Marcus Rashford. Yep. Um, this season in the Premier League, he has a 4.21 to 4 expected goals to goals ratio, which is pretty incredible. Um, 76% passing. In 2021, this is like uh, outside the playing stuff, he raised 20 million pounds for charities benefiting underserved youth, which is more than he made by 4 million pounds in his salary for that season. Uh, I think you could go far enough to say that he was the most impactful athlete in the world in terms of uh, uh, in terms of donations uh, right. towards charitable anything really. Like I can't think of a single other athlete in any sport that comes close. Yep. Um, I'll give you a quote from uh, some somebody you may hear, have heard of before. Uh, when you look at the history of big social movements and big social change. It is usually young people who initiate this because they do not take for granted things have to be the way as they always were. And they can imagine something different. A lot of the young people I meet, including Marcus, they're ahead of where I was when I was 23. They're already making changes and being positive forces in their communities and countries. Somebody may you may have heard of before Barack Obama said that oh, uh, last yeah. year. Um, Very pra- cool. Praising Rashford's uh, ac- activism, I think he's a player to watch in this game. Absolutely. Um, he's a dangerous player playing for Man United. One of one of uh, few this season. Yeah. Uh, still looked very very good. Um, Jim, what do you make of uh, Marcus Rashford and the potential impact he could have on the game today? He, he's had a great turnaround this season in form, you know, so he's, he's an informed player right now. And he's something that, that the U.S. did not face against uh, Wales' speed. Yeah. They, they didn't have his kind of a pace up front, and that could give us a lot of problems. We're going to have to find ways to neutralize him before he can get rolling. I agree. Know? I agree. I think that's you're bringing up what will be the big task for this United States defense will be... Speaking of, Grant, you're a Fulham guy. I am a Fulham guy. Uh, how do you think Ream and Robinson are going to stand up to a guy like Marcus Rashford? I think, you know, and I, and I brought this up when we talked with, um, with Keith. I think Tim Ream was called into this, this team, not only because he deserves it, which we can get into, but he was brought in because of his pairing with Robinson and how well that they've been playing together um, in the Premier League for Fulham. And so, and I knew that if he got called in, he was probably going to start. And so, seeing a guy who, for all intents and purposes, um, was dead in the water in terms of the national team about six months ago, um, seeing a guy that now has got called up and is playing for this team, I think it bodes well, and I think a lot of the reason why they brought him in was because they looked at the teams we played with Wales, with England, and they looked at this and saw, like, these are guys that play against and train against these players, too. Like, Tim Ream, he's seen these guys. 
Like he sees a lot of these guys both in the Premier League and in training sessions. And so I think that's a big reason why they called him in. And I think that that bodes well going into this matchup, kind of getting to know like who these guys are. You're not seeing them new. Because I think that that's one of those things in international play is that you're playing guys that you may be seeing for the first time. Yeah. And, you're, and, you're, and this is the first thing you see them on tape or whatever. But as Jim, you can attest, it's like you have to play people to understand what they're like. Yeah, and until you're live with them. Right. You, you don't you, you don't, don't know what the, they're like. Right. As my German friend would face, finger yeah. gespitzen feel. You don't yeah. have that sense <laughs> yeah. of how to play against them. Right. And so I think that's a big reason why Tim and Anthony were called. Anthony, obviously, he's got talent coming out of his ears. He's young. But Tim, in particular, I think, was called in because of his experience against these teams we're facing in group play. Yeah. And I think I, you mentioned earlier that uh, um, that chemistry that, well, that he has uh, that, with Robinson, that yeah. he has with Robinson, Absolutely. and and, there's, and and that cannot be understated. I mean, you look at you look at that uh, that Saudi Arabian team that beat Argentina. No one expected them to win, and they won. Why did they win? They had eight of the eight, eight of their guys play, play on the, the same, same club. club. Yeah, exactly. Eight of their eleven starters play on the same club. That's they know how each other play. And, and when you've got two center backs that you can just slot right next to each other that know exactly what the other one's going to do, that's huge. That's absolutely. That's true. Especially for especially if they're playing for a team like Fulham. You know, they're, they're playing, they're playing like, in the Premier League. They're playing in the Premier League. Like, obviously, these guys are good enough to do it, right? Right. Jim, what were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say that's an age-old formula for success, having a lot of guys from the same big-time club on a national team. Ix with Holland in yep. in seventy, uh, you know, 74, yeah. Yeah. yeah, all through there. Germany, Bayern Munich, Bayern same Munich. period, yeah. yeah. And uh, Spain with Barcelona, even, even and the Madrid. U.S. Yeah. in the shot heard round the world, five guys from Chevy Big Four, yep. St. Louis club, yeah, and then three from the Pennsylvania club that I can't remember the name right now, right. And and uh, the rest a handful, but that that familiarity. They had the the goalkeeper and three backs from Chevy Big Four. Uh, they all knew each other, you know, every day. Makes so a difference. It's a it's a big difference. And I was gonna say uh, about Tim Ream, the 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 problem that England presents is with uh, Rashford's speed. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if. Harry Kane drops back into the midfield a bit. He wasn't doing it too much in the no. national team. He did it a couple times, and it was very effective. Right. But he does that all the time, you know, with Tottenham. So he's he's used to that. But then their wingers can get flying behind him. Right. So you got Saka and and him to worry about in that way. Or they could play a four four two and have Rashford running off of Harry Kane in the middle. Right, Quite which is dangerous too. as well. So. I think it's going to come down to, um, if you're looking defensively, it's the two wings for the United States. <clears throat> Robinson and Dest are going to be on it all, go, all yep. game. And I think if they're able to keep the England wings from just running riot, I think they got a shot. Yeah. I think you got a shot because then, the, then you'll be forcing the ball more towards the middle where we're really strong. Yeah, where right. we, provided mid, we don't get early should be again. in good shape in there. Right. We're really strong. McKinney looked rusty the first game. He looked like he had he'd been hurt, but it was his first game back. Right. You know, really. But uh, Tyler Adams, wow. 
Tyler Adams was superstar. He's, he's a player. Yeah, superstar. So you, you know about the only thing Adams didn't do is when we were ahead one nothing in the second half. Right. He had a couple chances to cool the game down yep. and circulate the ball, oh, yeah. and instead he chose he, to keep he going stayed on forward. The accelerator, yeah. And I don't know if that's his so strong, strong of an instinct that he can't re- redo it. You he's know? at he Leeds. No. Yeah, he's at Leeds. He's at Leeds, right? Yeah. yeah. He and Ian Aronson are both there. Aronson, right? Yeah. Let's let's talk real quick about because this will this will actually spawn I think a fun question. Gio Reyna. Yes. Uh, do you think that he'll get a sniff today? I think Gio Reyna starts today. I, I believe he starts per- today. Personally, I would start Gio Reyna. Yeah. I might start him as a false nine if I need. That's exactly to, like, you yeah. Know? Kind of, uh, because I'm right with you, Jim. We we aren't going to get you know behind them with with. Just Wea's pace. Right. We need some guile and some ways to draw their center backs up. The creativity. Yep. You know, and I think um, that'll help take some pressure off of Pulisic too, because yep. it'll move Pulisic probably off to a wing. And so um, he got he kind of got beat up that first game a little bit. And so moving him to a wing, I think, will help a lot. Um, but I, I I'm excited because I want people to see how good Giorena really is. That that'd that'd be my hope as I well. I mean, because when he's healthy and when he's you know playing for Dortmund, he's he's something special. I mean, he's something special. A lot of us know that Gio Reyna is the son of, of Claudio Reyna, former the, captain of the U.S. as well. U.S. men's national team great. Did you know though that he was named after Giovanni von Bronckhorst? Oh, really? Yeah. So my question for all of you is. If you could have been named, or if you were named after a famous footballer, who would it be? Oh, I, I got mine right away. You probably know what mine is right away. Go, why don't you go for it, Grant? Um, I would love to have the name Zenadine. Zizou. I think, like, being Zizi. I mean, like, we, we've got a Zizi in our crew. Yeah. And he's hunk of the month. Zach Zwadzik. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah. he's the hunk of the month. Yeah. Running, you know, Perennial. annually. You know, he's yeah. he's our hunk of the month. So, yeah, if I could have the name Zenadine, or or the sexiest bastard in football, also has one of uh, the greatest names in football, Olivier Giroud. 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 <laughs> it's, <Yeah>. it's, <laughs> I mean, really. Not only is the guy a great soccer player, a good-looking sob. And then he's also got a really cool name, too. <laughs> I mean, so, Olivia Giroud, that might be my pick. But Zenin's up there, too. The French, I'm going with French. I like it. Um, mine is a little closer to home. I always thought that uh, Mix Discarud yes. would actually, if you switch the M and the D around, uh, that would make for a great DJ name, Disc Mixerude. Disc Mixerude. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be Solid. mine. If uh, if I was to do a a DJ set for a soccer specific event, that's the name I would go under is Disc Mixerude. Kind of like uh, like a, like Com Truce. Yes. The DJ Com Truce. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Um, I probably if I can't go with Mitch Osmond. Um, Mitch Osmond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'd go with uh, Johan Cruyff. That's a good name. That's a good uh, one. And 
partially it's it's partially the Dutch connection. Yeah. Um, actually, it's completely the Dutch connection. Um, and also, uh, I had a uh, I've been doing a little bit of genealogy recently. Um, find, and I found out that uh, I had a uh, back in the 1800s I had a, an ancestor named Johan Meerman, uh, who was a writer that's in the Hague. Johan Meerman. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, what about you? So um, most of you have seen my email. It's J P Launder. Not, not many people know that the P stands for Pele. Interesting. Really? No, but. I thought it sound good. I thought, I thought you were going to say Pascarella. You fucking nailed us. <laughs> Not that a chance. Like, Got him. That'd be amazing. Fucking That'd be Jim. amazing. God damn. But that would be my pick anyway. Um, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Let's talk a little bit about... So we, Grant and I were talking about this yesterday, which is how we got on this topic, but... The, it seems like the, the USSF and U.S. men's national team in general has really been pushing for uh, Christian Pulisic to be kind of the, the talisman of the team, yeah. similar to how Landon Donovan used to be. Right. Um, but, you know, the, the issue with, and this is a grand I were talking about yesterday, you know, Pulisic, think, think national teams over the years, right? Not, not soccer necessarily, but like... Teams that have represented the U.S. So, like, you've got your your dream teams over the years, right? So you had Jordan and Magic and Bird. Yeah, and uh, and, Kobe and Kobe with the, and, and LeBron. LeBron with like the the dream the, the dream team the, and it, the redeem team. Pulisic is nowhere near the personalities no. of that right. guy. No, like, like who like who is that massive superstar for the United States? Like like well, and that's the thing is like you know, Pulisic kind of has the personality of of a Nerf ball with a tribal sleeve wearing bootcut jeans. <laughs> uh, and it was Landon Donovan before him. They're great footballers, but, like, the personality is just not there. I think that, and I think that if you're a guy like me, yeah. that's why I always looked at Clint Dempsey as right. being the rep. Like, he was the U.S. because he represented the Absolutely. U.S. So he what had is, swagger. Is, he had some, some what style. Is, I guess what does the U.S. men's national team need to do to, like, diversify its image and kind of have, like, more more of a... An edge to it, maybe. Well, for me personally, I think that you can get away with having no personality as the face of your, uh, as the face of your team, of your country. Harry, if, Harry Kane's if, a case example. If <laughs> you are good enough to just play, and, and and the the person that comes to my head when I think of that is Connor McDavid. Uh, with Canadian what? hockey, yeah, Connor McDavid yep. is a wet paper towel of a personality. <laughs> he is. He is legitimately. He has less. He he's got less personality than the any dude single just player. Just likes to play hockey. That's it. That's that's literally all he does is play hockey. That's all he knows. That's all he's ever done. And you can get away with being. You can get away with not having a personality and being in the face if you're that good. If you are a generational talent. Christian Pulisic, Christian Pulisic is a great player. He is not a generational talent. No, I would agree. I would so agree. what the U.S. needs is they need someone with personality that's willing to go out there and be the face, like a Clint Dempsey sort of guy. Ooh. But you cannot force you cannot force a guy like Pulisic to, to take that on because it's not in his nature, and I he's not going to be good enough where – He's, you know, like, like if you play well, you can always avoid the criticism, right? 
Yeah. Right. And I yes. think, and I, and I think, but he can't what do that Mitch is alluding to is kind of like what my point is too is that when you bring up like when we mentioned Clint Dempsey, like what's the difference between Clint Dempsey and a guy like Pulisic or a guy like you know um, like Landon Donovan? The difference is that Clint Dempsey grew up poor. You know, he grew up he grew up with a family fighting and scrapping and like. A lot of people don't know this, but it literally took like the death of his sister, who was a tennis prodigy, yeah. dying right. before for, he could it, play. for his parents to have the money available for him to play club soccer. And even and so, then, he had to drive when, three when, hours exactly, out to Dallas from Nacogdoches. Exactly. And so, when you have that fire inside of you, where Christian Pulisic and Landon Donovan were, you know, high high middle class suburban kids who had families that could move them overseas to go and play soccer professionally i think to me the solution is go to the inner cities find some talent i'm like it's there you mean that's find some kids with some grit this is a sport born on the streets you know in the, in the favelas of brazil and in, you know and in the you know the barrios the cages and, you know and so that's where this sport and that's where talent comes from it comes and that's where the fire comes from it's, it's long been a problem in the U.S. Yeah. Is in that we don't turn out a lot of kids from the inner city. Right. Like a few in the past, you know, you had contrast. Tony Sana. Tony yeah. Sana, absolutely. Inner city kid. I knew him since he was a little kid. Yeah, great, great guy. He helped him get a college scholarship somewhere because we didn't have him here. So he, he's a great kid, fighter. He, I had his brother in school here because he managed to get an engineering scholarship. Yep. Oh, wow. He was a fighter in, yep. in different ways. He he wasn't as good a player as Tony, but he, he should have never yeah. been able to get a, a top flight engi- electrical engineering degree, but he fought his way through. Right. And he, he's, you know, he's a very successful guy now. Exactly. And so, like, just looking at those kind of people, it was it's very interesting to me that most of our players come from suburban envy. Back to the original question, though, of having a personality, which you brought up for the team, I don't think the technical staff can worry about that. You know what I mean? Like, right. of course they can't not. go, no. oh, this guy's that's a great personality. Right. We better start him. This, this is all a, in the market. That's for the Evan Warwick. This yeah. all, this I know. Is, so. I know. So yeah. I'm just bringing it up. Yeah. But if I had to pick a personality on that team, McKenzie. Yeah. He'd be the guy. I mean, anybody who dyes his hair red, white, red, yeah. white, and blue. Weston McKinney's a, you know, cool, he's a cool he'd, guy. He'd be, and, and when he you listen be. to him talk, he's, I think he, they have to put a filter on him sometimes because <laughs> yeah. he's so outspoken. But he'd be, I'd, I'd hone a guy like that if I wanted a, a spokesman. And he plays in a high-level club. Yeah. I mean, so, he, you know. Yeah. He's a high-level player. And yeah. I, and, I mean, if you think about, like, who are the kind of guys here at forward who, have, who could be faces of the team? That's your Connor Tobins, your Eric Leonard's, yep. and your your like Josiel Nunez's or your Mateus's, the guys who go out and they, you know, either they play with flair or they're talking about they're talking off the field and they're there right. with the fans. <clears throat> right, it's one of those two. You know, well, like I, I, th- I think this year, like Matteo Cassini could have been that, he but he right. was so busy having a kid, trying to juggle, so much in the getting office. his mom and his Absolutely. wife organized, yeah, and too many just things going in off too many field. things going yeah. on sure, for but him. But he played, know? he played with that flair, right? That yeah. flair. That but he, yeah. he, if you watch them with little kids after the games, they love them. You know, like my grandkids came to a game, and they met a bunch of players and. 
they were up from Brazil, so they were talking to him in Portuguese, and yeah. it was it was you know like he, he, they said, oh, our favorite player is him. And but I asked a lot of kids, and quite often. Mateus's name would come up as like a yeah. favorite player. I mean, with Mate- a lot Mateus of was a great guy to talk to. Yeah. Like if you got, if good you got guy. to talk to Mateus one on one, great yeah. guy to talk to. Yeah, good guy. Absolutely. So, so, so that's my thoughts on that. But yeah, absolutely. Love that. Uh, let's let's talk real quick about predictions for the game. All right. Uh, this can this kind of can be where we leave off. Uh, and let's and after that, you know, we can get 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 some pints in. And like enjoy that. the game, uh, but you know maybe we can start over here with Jim. Uh, what's what's your prediction for the game today? I I, I unfortunately predict a one-one draw, which How, works out well. However, that 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 being said, I'm hoping for a two two nil win. Yeah. You know, okay. so <laughs> and, right. and that would be hope against hope. You sure. know, but hey, a draw or a win. Is really good for the United States today. Yeah, e- so. either one would do me. Yeah. A loss it, it would still wouldn't put us out, but it put more pressure on us. Yeah, I think I agree with Jim. I think both sides are very equally matched. Uh, to be honest, I think England has the edge. Yeah, but probably not that much that it's insurmountable. Right. You know, the one of the interesting things that Grant and I were talking about it yesterday. This. U.S. men's national team is the most uh, well-represented team overseas uh, ever. Um, I think three quarters of the team yep. is represented playing outside playing of overseas. the U.S. Um, the last World Cup, it was 50-50. Yeah, well, it's about, it's about two-thirds of the team yeah. last in 2014. Two-thirds of the team played overseas. It does overseas. not look good here for Ecuador with Enter Valencia being carted off. Yeah, so. unfortunate. Uh, he, he got carried off last game too, and he that's, came back. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Maybe he's playing possum. We'll see. He's sandbagging. Uh, yeah. it, it doesn't look good though, because he's not even moving, moving his head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think this is a very evenly matched uh, contest. To be honest with you, there are some we- offensive weapons on both sides. Some very very good defensive players as well. Um, uh, I think I'm I'm gonna go with a one-one draw. I would not be surprised if it goes two-two. I think this game might hit higher scoring, um, but I I kind of doubt that it will. Um, anyway, I'm predicting uh, probably a goal from Saka uh, and a goal from Wea. Uh, I don't know where the other ones are coming from, but anyway, on to you, Grant. Um. I've actually, this is, I've been very positive about this game ever since I saw it put on the schedule. And I was hoping that what would happen is that England would blow out Iran in the first game. You got that part. And then come in a little, would come in confidence, brimming, you know, the fans are singing that damn song, it's coming home all the time, you know. And that would leave them open for the United States. To, to go in and, uh, and, and nick a point. I, I still think the United States has a real good shot in this game. Um, I didn't see anything on Tuesday to make me feel like they don't have a shot in this game. I think the United States, as I said, if they are able to prevent the wings from England from just screeching down the sides, I think the United States stands a real good chance to win this game. Yeah. If they I, don't, 
I'm hoping for a draw. Um, I am going to go 2 1 United States with a victory. Good man. So, one, one more thing I think they need to worry about. The last four games, they have struggled. Hey. Hey. Dev. Hey, don't leave him hanging. <laughs> I thought it was our one of these. Our good, friend, <laughs> our good friend DJ Dumars has just walked in. Yeah. So. I, I'm invisible. So, <laughs> so hey. Not to us, Joe. The, the, the us. thing that I'm a little bit worried about, the last four games, we have not played well. And I didn't want to say this too early so the English guys heard it. Right. We have not played too well when the other team has pressed us. Right. If you, like, take go back to one big-time one, Japan. Yeah. Right. Japan, we couldn't do, we couldn't do anything. a dang we were, thing we were, against We were shell-shocked yeah? the whole game. And, and so Wales was starting to do that at the end of the game. And so it's a real, Tuesday. that's a real worry for me after watching Wales. Wales didn't press in the first half, and we owned them. Yep. Second half, they came after us. And they were very disruptive to us getting the ball Absolutely. into good positions. Absolutely. Yeah, the first the first half of that uh, of that Wales game, Wales was playing sort of like a two three five while our defenders were holding, or uh, sorry, a five three two, uh, while our defenders were holding the ball in the midfield. They kind of had this sort of pentagon in the middle of the field, and we were just slashing it. Like they weren't doing anything to us. It wasn't until they started pressing in the second half that they started, you know, disrupting our passes. And getting their own chances. So the lineup has been announced. Uh oh. Um, Haji Wright up top. There is a surprise. Haji Wright is starting up front in terms for Josh Sargent. No Gio Reyna in the lineup. Um, They're sticking with the three wings um, and having, or have the two wings and having Pulisic on the left and Timmy Weah on the right. Um, so Gio Reyna hopefully coming in off the bench. So. Haji Wright is an interesting guy. Very, very much so. I, I've, I've seen him quite a bit since he was in the U17 team. And he was a, he was a winger yeah. that when he first went into Europe wasn't good enough as a winger, so they made him a right back. Right. And now he's a center forward, you right. know, so, so <laughs> it's an it's it's, interesting progression. Which has been good because um, he's been very impressive. I, I'll, I'll give you this, okay? So a couple stats on Haji Wright this year in the Super League in Turkey. Expected goals of 6.17. He scored nine. Now, mind you, that is in Turkey, but still, he's playing for Antalyaspor. He's not playing for, like, one of the, you know, Fenerbahce or Galatasaray. No, he's playing for one of the lower-level teams. In right. That's Super why they don't expect him to have many goals. Right. And he's still got nine goals. Yeah. Kind of a Garrett McLaughlin situation. Well, it's, it's interesting. He, I, like I said, I watched him when he was young. He did not head the ball well no. at all. He was like a big guy yeah. that looked like a little guy when it came to heading the ball. And that's changed. And now he's great at attacking the ball in the air. Yeah, and he's got a huge I, body. It's, it's yep. unbelievable difference. Yeah. So that's an interesting start. Another, another. Uh, Lineup oddity this time on England's side. Marcus Rashford is not in the starting eleven. On the bench, left, uh, they're playing Mason Mount and uh, Bellingham and Rice in the midfield. So Mount gets a start instead. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. What do you make of uh, this England lineup, Jim? Um, it, I, I, I don't think it's. As dangerous as as if you had Rashford in for us. 
you yes. know. Um, they, I think in the back, they they have to, they had to shore up a little bit. And I'm surprised that McGuire's in there. I think most people are surprised that McGuire's playing for England in general. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm quite happy that McGuire's in there. Yeah, Don't I get mean, me wrong. Every other team is probably thankful I for think that, too. Tim, Tim Way is going like this. Yeah. McGuire Lane, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's just be, uh, you know, I, I feel like it's just a matter of time before he's getting uh, hauled out of a, a Dubai nightclub or a Qatar nightclub into a, a paddy wagon uh, scr- <laughs> screaming obscenities about uh, something or other. So, you know, just give it time. Yeah. Anyway, wow. we we are rounding an hour at this point. The We're Ecuador-Netherlands game has just, just finished just in a 1-1 draw. Yep, we are gonna uh, we're we're gonna call uh, call time on this particular episode. We just want we want to thank uh, Jim Launder for all of his insights uh, as well as uh, making time for us. Um, and we will be back uh, Tuesday night at Midtown Pub in Middleton, Wisconsin, six to seven thirty. If you're around, come hang out, have some beers, eat some boners. Yeah. Chicken boners. Yeah, that's a favorite of Eric Leonard and his lady. They just love popping boners in their mouth. It's weird. <laughs> Is that bone inners or boners? Boners. Okay. They're, yeah. they're making sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, you heard yeah. you heard us right. So. Yeah. Ask Eric about that next time you see him. Okay. Uh, and one of the things too, Jim. Uh, before we let you go, um, we do we are putting together our second issue of New Dog Magazine. We'd love to get you on and talk about uh, the 1995 championship team. You got it. When you, you've offered that a few times, I've been waiting for the call. All right. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll give you a phone call. We'll set something up. Grant, Grant or, must have lost your number or something. No, I got his number. I'll give him a call. <laughs> or, or a text because I'm afraid that, that my robo caller will think you're oh, a scamist okay. just by your voice. So sh- I've sent you a text message. I've not re- received a response. So really? I make sure I have your right number. Well, I wonder if it texts Yeah, I'll, I'll right. double check with you because I don't All remember. Right. Sounds good, Jim. I, I'm pretty good at answering those. <laughs> All right. Jim, you're right to think that Grant is trying to scam you. Anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, Jim, guys. thank you again. Thank you, Jim. Uh, Thanks cheers, to Forward Club Cheers, as well. everybody. Thank you to Forward Madison for having us go here. USA. Go, go USA. Let's, USA. Let's go USA. All right. See you all next time. Cheers.